0: Shall we turn our Bibles for a brief meditation this morning to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. And we read beginning from verses 13 to 52. It's a fairly long passage to read, uh, but it's necessary for us to really read to be able to understand uh, what's going on here and for us to uh, learn what the Lord is speaking to us this morning. Luke 24, verses 13 to 52. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him, but but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ had to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, He broke bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared before their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the leaven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be unto you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. I have of moses the prophets and the psalms then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures he told them this is what is written the christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at jerusalem you are witnesses of these things i am going to send you what my father promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. In this passage that we just read, this is just the immediate things that followed. After Jesus rose from the dead, we've just been through a season of meditating on the suffering of Jesus, looking at how he served the Last Supper, how he broke bread, how he wept, how he, uh, you know, at the Garden of Gethsemane, sweated drops of blood, how he suffered for us, how he was beaten, how he died on the cross. And also we looked at how he rose from the dead. We saw the power of his resurrection. But now after Easter is over, what next? Is a question. The routine ritual of Christianity is over. But what next after the routine ritual of Christianity? Of being through or going through the Lent season and then the Holy Week, the Passion Week. Some assume the other week's unholy. Not so. The Passion Week and then leading up to the Good Friday and the Easter Sunday. And then the Easter eggs have hatched. and have been eaten and the biryani is over. And the long-awaited non-vegetarian food. Of fasting, non-vegetarian. The fasting has been broken. And now we are free to eat everything. Simply Kill and eat. But now what next after the biryani is over? What next after all of those wishes sent to one another saying happy Easter, happy Easter. What next after Easter? The story was not over with resurrection Sunday. But Jesus on the way met two of these men who were going on the road to Emmaus. And he met them. And he walked with them. And he spoke many things to them. And he continued to speak to the disciples. But there was something that was in store. Between his resurrection and his ascension. And that's what we are going to look at quickly this morning. In a quick nutshell. Three important things. There were three key things that happen between the, or after the resurrection and before the ascension of Jesus back into heaven. That's the passage we just read right now. Jesus gave a spiritual understanding of the scriptures to the disciples and to those two people who walked along, to the women all of them whom he met. He appeared to many people, the Bible says, after he rose from the dead. Not just to the twelve, not just to these couple of men. But to many others as well. He gave them a spiritual understanding of the scriptures. And secondly, he gave them the great commission. He commissioned them. He gave them a mission to accomplish. He gave them a task that they ought to carry on that ministry. The life and ministry of Jesus to be reproduced. And thirdly, he empowered them with the Holy Spirit for the same. He filled them, he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. We read another gospel and said receive the Holy Spirit. That was a sign of an empowerment for the disciples so that they will continue to do the works of Jesus. So we see three key things that Jesus does before he leaves planet earth promising to send the holy spirit about whom he had talked about even before he suffered and he died he gave them the holy spirit and then you see the spirit of god descending in a, a very dramatic form just 10 days after he ascended back into heaven 50th day from his resurrection on the day of Pentecost, the people received the Holy Spirit. And so you see them receiving a spiritual understanding of the scriptures. Now they did not understand what was going on. You look at those two men who were walking along and Jesus walked with them. And I pray this morning that Jesus will walk with us after Easter. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus walked along with these two men as they walked along confused totally disappointed wondering what has happened where are all the promises of God that he promised he gave to redeem Israel oh we thought that this was a man who had come to redeem Israel we thought he was a messiah we thought he was a savior but now he has gone through this cruel punishment a capital punishment it was considered to be a curse the Bible said, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. It was a curse for someone to be punished. With a capital punishment of being crucified on a cross. It was the most disgraceful thing. But now Jesus has undergone this. And they thought that he was a hope for Israel. But now their hope is lost. Their hope is gone. But here you find Jesus talking As he walks along with these two men. Now that's what we need this morning. We need Jesus to talk with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need Jesus to talk to us as we walk along. Probably in the midst of your disappointment. Probably in the midst of your hopeless situation. Probably in the midst of your need. You had great hopes. You thought you prayed and these prayers would be answered. You thought that this deliverance will come. You thought that these things will change. These things will happen. But it seemed to be like your hopes, your dreams are all gone. Everything seemed to have crashed. It seemed to be like your whole world has fallen. That's how it was for these two men. That's how it was for the disciples of Jesus. That's how it was for the people who followed him. They thought the story is over. He's dead. He's buried. He's in a tomb. And a huge stone has been rolled and has been shut, has shut the uh, has been kept to shut the tomb, the mouth of the tomb. And soldiers have been placed, and and Pilate has ordered for these soldiers to seal the tomb. On resurrection morning, not knowing that Jesus had risen again, the women come running with spices to anoint the body of Jesus, to preserve his body. They did not hope for resurrection. They did not expect to see Jesus rising again from the dead. Although he had told them that the Son of Man will die and he will rise again. That this temple will be broken and in three days it will be built up. But you know, Jesus walked along and talked to these men. As they went through passing to going on towards Emmaus. In verse 17, Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. They were really grieving. They were very genuinely grieving. They were really sad. They probably loved Jesus very much. They probably loved... You know Jesus so much and expected for redemption for Israel. They loved Israel so much. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only visited Jerusalem? Do not know these things? The things that have happened here in these days? What an irony. What a paradox here. (laughs) Talking about Jesus himself. Grieving about him while he had risen again and he is standing right in front of them. Didn't they see the scars on his face, on his head, the crown of thorns? Didn't they see the nails that were pierced in his hands, the the scars at his feet? Didn't they see him properly? Oh, but their eyes were blinded. Their spiritual eyes were not yet open. They still could not understand the scriptures. They still could not understand what the Bible said. They could not understand what was spoken in the law of Moses. They could not understand what was spoken by the prophets repeatedly. For example, like prophet Isaiah in 53. Isaiah 53, a whole chapter dedicated to the suffering of Jesus. The servant king who would die in the previous chapters. In many places, even when Moses was talking about you know uh, the coming of the Messiah, he said, You know, there will be a prophet whom God will raise, one like me. That's what Jesus is referring to in verse 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He explained the whole story of the scriptures. The big plan of God. The big picture of what is going on. That you are right in the middle of history. The prophecies are being fulfilled. The law that Moses spoke about. And what Moses prophesied. Everything is being fulfilled. What King David spoke about. David said you will not suffer my son to see decay. Talking about the resurrection of Jesus in Psalms. This is my son and today you have begotten him. Talking about Jesus. Being born in this world. There are many prophecies that have come about Jesus. The law and the prophets and the Psalms speak about Jesus. But their eyes were blind they did not have a good understanding of scriptures. Brother, sister, we can be so stuck looking at scriptures only for our own needs. Looking at what God is saying for our own particular problems and looking for those encouraging words. Of course, God gives us encouraging words. Of course, God ministers to our needs through his word. Of course, God gives us promises. But it's so important that we go beyond that to understand all of the scriptures and to have an understanding which these men received from Jesus. To understand the law, the prophets, the Psalms, the Gospels, the letters of Paul. Paul. The book of Revelation, that we have a comprehensive good understanding of the word of God. And so when Jesus asked what things he asked, immediately the respondent was 19. They were also talking about Jesus, about Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Sometimes our hopes fail because we have not understood the scriptures really well. Sometimes our hopes are in the wrong way because we have not understood the scriptures really well. We had hoped that he will come and redeem Israel. And what is more, it is a third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Oh, they heard the message of the resurrection of Jesus. They even had angelic witnesses. Witnessing about Jesus' resurrection. But yet they would not believe because they did not understand the scriptures. Talking about the scriptures, the New Testament had not yet been written. He's talking about the Old Testament. You see here that then these companions who went to the tomb and who were eyewitnesses of the empty tomb and who were the ones who heard witnesses from the angels, even after such a powerful report, yet could not understand. Their lack of faith was a result of the lack of understanding, a comprehensive understanding of the scriptures. So very often, we can actually be at a very shallow level of faith because of our shallow level of an understanding of the scriptures. That's why it's so important for us to really pay attention and listen to the teaching of scriptures. And that's what Jesus is really doing here. He's teaching them. He's beginning with with Moses and the prophets and he explained to them that what was spoken, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself, He rebukes them for their lack of understanding. How foolish you are, how slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? All these things have already been written there. But why couldn't you understand how foolish not to believe these things? How slow of heart to believe. Sometimes we can also go through this struggle Of continuing to remain at a very shallow level of unbelief. A shallow level of an understanding of God. A shallow level of an understanding of scriptures. But this morning it is so necessary for us to really grow in our knowledge and our understanding of the word of God. Hallelujah. By knowing his word more, we know him more. By knowing his word more, we our faith and our belief in him is strengthened even more. Hallelujah we the more expanded vision or an understanding insight that we have from the word of god or about the teachings of scriptures and about the things that happened and why they happened what is this big story what is going on here what is god doing what is god accomplishing if we don't see everything and if we don't have a good understanding our understanding of god will be limited and our faith in him will also be very limited that's why it's important for us to read through continually, really well. It's important for us to pay attention to what God is saying in each book, through each chapter, through every verse. It's important for us to really pursue the truth. It's important for us to pursue, you know, with the, with, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And we can't do that all by ourselves. Here Jesus is explaining to them. Jesus is teaching them. And again then from there he he broke bread with them and then their eyes were opened and then they understood that he was Jesus himself and they recognized when he broke bread. And then he appears, he comes and you know stood among the disciples as these men were talking to the disciples and they were startled and frightened again. They thought he was a ghost in verse 37. And Jesus said, look in my hands, my feet. Verse 39, touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. While they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him broiled fish. And verse number 44, he said to them, this is what I told you. Why are you still with you? Everything must be fulfilled. What is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and Psalms? You see, Jesus is always explaining the law, the Mo of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms and showing that he is the one who came. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. And he came and he has come and done the work of redemption. And they must believe in him. And he continued to speak to them. Verse 45, then he opened their minds so they, they could understand the scriptures. Verse 46, he told them, this is what is written. He's referring back to what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be Preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He opened their minds for them to see that this is what was spoken about him. That all that is happening right now is the fulfillment of what was spoken. And it's so interesting to see that while Peter and Paul and all of them preached later on. After they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they used the same process. Of preaching to the people when they gave the gospel to them. They began with Moses, or some of them began with Abraham, then with Moses and David, and then came through the prophets and then talked about the life, the suffering, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and calling them to put their faith in Jesus because he's the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The same way you see the preaching of the gospel done. Let me just quickly run you through a little bit from Acts chapter 3. After Peter and John had healed the crippled beggar at the gate of the temple, Acts 3. Read with me from verse 12. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Look at where Peter is starting his preaching. Verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate. Though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be released to you. You killed the author of life but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him as you can all see. You see this healing happened because Peter and John and their eyes were opened to the scriptures and they understood who this Jesus is and how in his name that men will be healed and their sins will be forgiven. Because their eyes were open and they understood the scriptures beginning from the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms because of their understanding of who Jesus was which happened in that passage we read in Luke 24. Now they are able to move ahead and fulfill the great commission, heal the sick, cast out demons and preach the good news of the gospel to the nations. Hallelujah. If they had not understood what happened to Jesus, that his resurrection and how all of this is coming through from Moses, from the prophets, from the Psalms. And if they had not understood that, they would not have gone ahead and fulfilled the great commission because they knew that Jesus was actually fulfilling all that was promised to Israel. Now they are beginning to do what Jesus has commissioned them. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? The understanding of the scriptures actually propelled them to carry on the Great Commission. And to carry on the Great Commission, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. This is what happens after Easter. Amen. What happens after Easter? There is something powerful that happens after Easter. Of course, the resurrection of Jesus is the climax. The resurrection of Jesus is the greatest experience, is the greatest, most powerful, you know, amazing thing that mankind has ever witnessed. God becoming man and dying like a helpless human being, but yet as the author of life takes back life once again, three days later after he was dead and comes alive, defeating the powers of hell. And overcoming sin and making a way of redemption for all of mankind, that everyone who believes in his name will receive forgiveness of sins and gift of eternal life. Having done his work, does something powerful after resurrection, opens the minds of these men to what the scriptures were talking about. Now, brothers, that you acted in ignorance. Verse 17: as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets. You see, he started off with Abraham. Comes to the prophets now. Saying that his Christ would suffer. Verse 17, repent then. Verse 19, why should you repent? Because this is the savior of the world who has been about whom it has been prophesied. In the law of Moses, in the Psalms, in the prophets. God chose a man, Abraham. Made him into a nation. And through this nation of Israel, you know, made a savior to be born. So that nation of Israel will be saved. And through the nation of Israel, all nations will be saved. Hallelujah. This big picture, he brings it out. Because for the people of Israel, Abraham was there, the father of the faith. You know. Abraham was there was someone whom they always referred to Abraham the promises that were given to Abraham was always what they went back to and so he takes them through the whole thing beginning from Abraham through the prophets and comes there and calling them to repentance verse 19 and turning to God so that your sins may be wiped out the times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you even Jesus he must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything. As he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Verse 21. And verse 22 again goes back to Moses. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from his people. This is from Deuteronomy 18 verses 15 and verses 18 and 19. That Peter is quoting from Deuteronomy. A prophet will rise up. Moses said, a prophet like me will rise up. But he will restore everything. And you must listen to him. Everything he tells you. And anyone who doesn't listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. Again, referring back to the prophets. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on the earth will be blessed. We like to claim these promises for ourselves. But what was given to Abraham was totally in another sense. That through Abraham's offspring, through the nation of Israel, the gospel will come. The savior of the world will be born and the gospel will be preached and through him all the nations of the earth will know that he is God and will turn to him. They will be blessed. Hallelujah. You see this whole preaching of Peter to the onlookers of those who are amazed after Peter and John had done this miracle of healing this lame man who is sitting at the gate called beautiful outside the temple after the healing this is how he preaches you will see this form of preaching repeatedly all through this is how beginning from Moses the prophets the psalms some even referring back from back from Abraham onwards and then pointing out to Jesus and so because their eyes were open to the truth of the scriptures, because they now grasp the whole idea of the scriptures, and because they understood that this is who Jesus is. And this is his big plan. This is God's master plan for the world. And that is what is being fulfilled. If you see the big picture of what God is doing in the world today, and who you are and how you fit in, you will be in to function at a different level hallelujah. You will begin to participate in the mission of Christ and you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. Praise the Lord. This is what happens after Easter. That they, they, they began to understand the scriptures in a new way. I pray this morning that every one of us here and everyone who is watching us also will receive a new spiritual understanding of the scriptures. Beginning with the Law of Moses through the prophets, the Psalms and down through the Gospels and the teachings that were delivered to the churches by the apostles that was written by Paul and Peter and John. Amen. Hallelujah. We need a greater understanding. May we pursue that. May we desire for that. May we read through the Bible even more. May we we spend more time with the scriptures and trying to understand what God is doing. What is... God telling us, what is God commissioning us to do? What is Where is my role? What is God wanting me to do? Look for it. Search for it. Search the scriptures. Read through the scriptures. The Bible says in Jeremiah, I will look at him who trembles at my word. God loves the ones who tremble at his word. God loves the one who loves his word. Hallelujah. If you love me, you will obey my teaching. Jesus said that. If you love Jesus, you will love his word. If you love Jesus, you will want to obey his word. If you love Jesus, you will want his word to be fulfilled in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. John's Gospel, chapter 14. That's why he's given us the Holy Spirit. To help us to understand the scripture. You see, Jesus walked with them. Jesus walked them through the scriptures. Now the Holy Spirit will walk you through the scriptures. Read John 14 verses 16 to 19. I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is being sent. And he will be with us. He will live in us. He's the spirit of truth. But what would he do? Yes, he's a counselor, but even beyond that, look at verse number 26 of the same chapter. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Come on, somebody say all things. things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit will enlighten you of the word of God, will give you an understanding of the word of God will give you the, the revelation or the illumination of the revealed word of God. He will not give you a new revelation. He's not in the business of writing the, book of, the second book of Revelation. Some people are thinking that the Holy Spirit is going to write the second book of Revelation through them. And they say all kinds of things in the name of the Holy Spirit, but it's contrary to the word of God. The Holy Spirit illuminates us, opens our eyes of understanding. That's what Jesus did for the men who are on the road to Emmaus. He will walk you through the scriptures. But you need to spend time with the Holy Spirit. You need to spend time in the word of God. And you need to ask the Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, come. Spirit the, of revelation, come. Teach me. You promised to teach me. The Holy Spirit will come and teach you all things. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, the counselor, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He will bring to remembrance also. He will help us to connect and see. He will help us to remember. He will help us to, you know, understand really well. Come with me to chapter 16. And verses 12 to 15, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. 16 12. he will guide you into all truth. How is someone, the moment they are saved, they gave their life to Jesus, they say, I want to be baptized. They say, I want to be part of this community of God's people. How do they say that? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God who gives them that prompting in their spirit and, and the, the, the compelling you know, desire to want to be baptized, to want to be filled with His Holy Spirit, would want to receive the things of God, leading them to the truth. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Paul thange was preaching somewhere in North India. He was here, preaching in a place and uh, there were a lot of you know, anti-Christian uh, groups who were coming to uh, attack him. And so they had also complained to the police, they had complained to the intelligence bureau. They, they had done all kinds of things and they wanted to somehow stop him from preaching the gospel there. And so the reporters also had come because everywhere people had been talking about, you know, that this man has come here and he's converting people into Christianity. And so they came to accuse him. They came to find fault. They came to take report uh, of what is, what is going on in this meeting. And, and so the scribes were there. They were, you know, the newspaper and the television channel guys. and Everybody came. And so they came and asked, you know, uh, we heard somebody is converting here. Who is converting? He said, Holy Spirit is converting. He wrote down, Holy Spirit is converting. <laughs> they might look for him to go arrest him somewhere. <laughs> Yes, when the Holy Spirit moves, people will get saved. (laughs) Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit convicts, people will get baptized. (laughs) When the Holy Spirit is moving all across this nation, nobody can stop it. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God will bring illumination of the word of God and the truth. That Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. It's a work of God. It's not a work of man. It's not a work of religious group. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And no power on from hell or no power on earth can ever stop the move of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He will change hearts. He will change minds. He will change and transform lives. He will make sinners into a saint. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But the Spirit of the Lord, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to give us an understanding of the scriptures. And for you and for me, he will make you to understand the scriptures really well. But it's necessary for us to receive and walk with the Holy Spirit. The men walked with Jesus. The men heard from Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is able to walk you through the scriptures, through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will teach you all things. But when the spirit of truth comes verse 13 of chapter 16 in John he will guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come hallelujah he will reveal of things that are yet to come what is the plan of god what is the lord doing what is god going to do in the season what is the plan of god what is god wanting you to do everything what is yet to come he will reveal And look at that. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Hallelujah. He will make things known to you. Praise the Lord. Remember the Holy Spirit is always with you, teaching you all things. Making you, making things known to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so after Easter comes a spiritual understanding of the scriptures. But that's the work of the Holy Spirit who comes to assist us. Isn't it amazing? We have someone who comes to assist us, teach us, comfort us, counsel us, guide us. Hallelujah. Walk with the Holy Spirit. Don't just read good morning Holy Spirit. But walk with the Spirit. Some people just read through a book and feel very excited about it. But walk with the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, teach me these things. Help me to understand. Ask questions. Spirit of God, I don't understand this. Tell me, teach me. Spirit of God will understand. The Spirit of God will understand where you are. The Spirit of God knows what is your confusion. The Spirit of the Lord will know, know where you lack an understanding, what you need to know. He will teach you. He will open your eyes of understanding to know more. Quickly, number two, as they understood the scriptures more and more, they were able to carry on the Great Commission. Of course, the Great Commission was given specifically. They were already commissioned to go and preach the gospel, heal the sick and cast out demons, which they already did. You find those things in Matthew 10 and many other passages where they went out two by two as Jesus sent them into villages, towns, and they went and cast out demons in his name and came back reporting with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even demons are fleeing. They're bowing down in your name. And so they were already commissioned, people, but here comes this great push. Into the world to carry on and live the life of Jesus. And do the works that Jesus did. Read with me in Matthew's gospel. Of course we know the passage of great commission. Matthew's gospel chapter 28. Verse 19 and 20. And then we will read through Mark's gospel also. Matthew 28 verse 19 and 20. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me Jesus said. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. Brother, sister, you have been commissioned. You've been entrusted with a task to do. You've been entrusted with a responsibility. The kingdom of God has been entrusted in your hands. The works that Jesus did has been entrusted in your hands. In my hands. To do what? To go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the end, very end of the age. Not just to preach the gospel. Not just to preach and baptize alone. But to preach and baptize and then to teach. For there is a whole body of teaching that has been entrusted with us. To be taught to those who are saved. Why are we meeting week after week? To be taught everything that Jesus taught. To be taught the whole of scriptures. The teachings that has been given to us. So that we might follow. So that we might obey. So that we might live by. So that we have the principles of Christ to live by. And that no longer we will live by the principles of the world. For we are no longer following the traditions of men or the philosophies of the world. But there is a set of teachings that the disciples preached and taught. As Jesus taught. And they took the words of Jesus and preached and taught to those who are saved. So you and I have a responsibility of going and evangelizing, of baptizing and also of teaching everyone who is being saved and discipling them in the way of Christ and to establish them in the faith, to establish them into a community of believers so that every one of them will be made ready for the coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that they will order their lives, that they will order their families. And as a whole church, we will be ordered according to the word of God. That we will be set in order and be ready as a bride to be presented for the bridegroom when he comes. And so this great commission has been given. And you and I have a responsibility to fulfill this great commission. It's not just about giving some money for missions in North India. Of course, we have to do that. Do it. It's not just about supporting a great ministry or being a partner for some great ministry but it's also to be going and sharing the love of Jesus it's also to lead people to baptism it's also to teach them to observe everything that Jesus has taught hallelujah are you involved in this task after easter what next we can be very well having a good time together reading and studying scriptures and the Holy Spirit can be helping us and we can have, have a greater grasp of the scriptures and we can be having a great Bible study program week after week. But that's not good enough. We are commissioned to go and evangelize and share the love of Jesus that everyone who believes in his name will be saved. You don't want to go to heaven and meet Jesus empty handed. Amen. And this morning I really want to challenge us. Would you commit yourself to say yes. I'm going to start evangelizing. I want to share the good news of Jesus. I want to share the love of Jesus. That love that I've experienced. His goodness that I've experienced. His blessings that I've experienced. The deliverance that I've experienced. The hope that I have. Which many others don't have. I want to take this and give it to others. The message of the gospel has the power to save souls. There is power in the gospel message. Just the proclamation of the gospel has the power to save somebody from sin and hellfire. You don't have to be a preacher to do it. You don't have to be an evangelist to do that. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. It's a commission given to everybody. It's a call given to everybody. What are you doing with your life? Is your life all about just eating and sleeping and working and making some money? And coming to church on Sunday morning so that, you know, as I come to church and I seek Jesus, so that I'll have some more money. And He will bless me. He will bless my work so that I'll have more money. And when He blesses me, my work, and I have more money, I'll have more things. The more things I have, I'm more happy. and Me and my family we'll be happy to say that Jesus has blessed us. Is that all life all about? Is that the purpose of life? That's why Jesus said, if you will believe in Jesus just for the things of this world, we are the most pitiable. But There's a greater purpose for your life to fulfill the task that Jesus has commissioned you to do. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, I don't care where you are in your life. You might be a person who does not know the Bible at all. It's alright. You still can talk about Jesus to someone and tell how Jesus loves them. You don't have to know all of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. You don't have to have gone to a Bible college. But you can tell about Jesus and what Jesus has done to you. And what he can do for somebody else. Would you do this task? Would you begin somewhere? Would you begin from today? Look for an opportunity. I traveled in a cab just a couple of days back, Friday evening. And I as I began this conversation, I I said, you know, I felt very sleepy. It was an afternoon. I thought this is a good time to just, you know, relax for a while. Because I'm not driving. But then I, somewhere I felt I need to talk to this man. And I began a conversation with him. And a few minutes I understood um, that he's, he sounds like a good man. Because when he stopped at a petrol bunk to fill gas, he requested me. Very humbly he said, Sir, can I please stop for a few minutes and fill in some petrol? Which is very unlikely in Chennai City. for Anybody to be very courteous like that. And then after he got back into the vehicle, after filling in petrol, he said, thank you, sir, for waiting. Uh Uh-huh. Sounds very different. Are we still in India? I think there's still hope for India with some few good men like these. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we go on and then I begin a conversation. I asked him, how is business? Are you earning well? Is this a Uber, uh, Uber cab, you know? So are you earning well? Are you having sufficient income? You know, you care about someone. You ask a question about how are they doing, you know, it touches their heart. You just have to inquire, just a few words. Hey, and he was so touched, he said, oh yeah, it's fine, it's doing fairly well. You know, it's okay, not too good, but it's okay, I'm managing. And then uh, we talked about how, you know... Uh, things are too bad outside in the world. He talked about many things, and I I said yes, it's all bad. No people. Uh, he said how people are going riding on the wrong side of the road, and and they don't wear helmets. They don't, you know, are not following the rules of the road and things like that. And he was like, oh, yeah. he was talking about all of this, and I said I agreed with him. I said you know, you know why all of this is happening? It's because man by nature, you know, is very sinful. The problem is not with the law enforcement, the problem is not with the government, the problem is with the nature of man itself. All human beings are prone to doing wrong, doing wrong. So that's why Jesus came to help save this mankind who had fallen in sin, where there's a nature of sin which, which leads them to do all kinds of wrong things. and Jesus came to change their minds change their lives so that he, so that this man who is full of evil, full of sin, full of all kinds of wrong things, doing illegal, immoral, unethical things can actually be changed. And he continued to agree with me. Then he slowly said, I also go to a church sometime. He said, good, good for you. He said his mother is a strong believer. He comes from a non-Christian family background. He lives around Coimbatore. he goes to some church there. And I and I and I talked to him a little more. Uh, he had not yet, you know, been baptized. And I talked to him a little more about baptism. And told him how he can really commit his life to Christ even more. And told him, encourage him, go, keep, continue to keep going, and Jesus will bless you. I gave him twenty bucks more. Hallelujah! You can give the gospel anywhere at any time. Amen. And I'm sure that in some way that the Lord would have prompted him to be baptized. And I'm sure probably some time shortly he will be baptized and he will commit his life fully to the Lord. He's now like a visitor. He just goes once in a while. Amen. You can use any and every opportunity at any time. Hallelujah. You just have to talk about how bad the world is and people start off. It's just like a small key. You know those toys where you just give a key and then it'll keep dancing, dancing, you know, it'll keep rocking for a whole while to five, ten minutes? That's a key, you know, how bad India is. How corrupted people are. You know, how much of bribery is there and how much of, you know, rules they're breaking. You just have that small key is enough. You just have to pick something from today's newspaper. So have one newspaper in one hand and the Bible on the other hand. Amen. You'll be a very powerful witness for the gospel. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, this is not the time to keep quiet. This is not the time to be silent. This is not the time to just have a good Christian party Sunday after Sunday on a Sunday morning. To have some nice music, have some good media thing going on here and there and have some nice massage giving sermons and then say, pastor preached well today. Oh, it was too long though. It's time we stop stop just having a nice good time as Christians, as believers, as church together and start doing the work of Jesus because he has commissioned you to go and preach the gospel. This is what happens after Easter. If you believe in Easter, you would, you must be fulfilling the great commission. Hallelujah. If you rejoice that Jesus rose from the dead, you must be proclaiming his resurrection. Hallelujah. You must be proclaiming that he is going to come back again. You must be proclaiming that everyone who believes in his name will be saved. If you had biryani on Easter Sunday. And if you don't preach the gospel. Your sin cannot be pardoned. You got to be preaching the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah! Your workplace is a place, the field that God has given you. It's that—that's the place where God has placed your your residential area, where you live, the locality where God has placed you is the field that God has given to you. Don't think, oh, I'm all old. You know what can I do? You know I have nothing much to do. What to do? You know I can just probably at the maximum support some ministry. No. Where can I go? what can I do? Don't speak negative words. Don't give excuses. Oh I have a lot of work to do. You know I'm loaded with so much of responsibilities from morning till night I'm doing so much of work. but ultimately after all the work, was it what benefit is all that going to do? at the end of the day, at the end of your life, when you leave this world, what benefit? Other than probably a little bit of money and savings and some properties left behind for generations. And who knows how long it will all last. Suddenly another president will come, a prime minister will come who will say you cannot own beyond one one house. You should only live in 600 square feet. And everything is gone. What happened to your 500 and your 1000s? Overnight. You'll never know what happens. Everything in this world is temporal. Don't live for this temporal world. Don't get caught up so much with this temporal world and lose on the eternal things that you're supposed to do and called to do. And you commissioned to you. You're empowered to do. Hallelujah. Sit down, pray, ask the Lord. Lord, open a way. Lord, lead me. Go talk to somebody. Lay hands on the sick. Visit someone. Look for the needy. There are many people out there who need your love. Who need your touch. Who need your words. Who need you. They are waiting on you. They are waiting for you. They are waiting for you. Hallelujah. God wants us to fulfill this great commission. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. You and I need to be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Luke's gospel. Back again to our text this morning. Luke 24 verses 48 to 52. You are my witnesses of these things. Luke 24, 48 onwards. You are my witnesses of these things. Yes, they were eyewitnesses. But today, in our lives, we can say, I am a witness of all of these things. Haven't we we experienced the love of Jesus? Haven't we experienced the power of God? Haven't we experienced the the resurrection power, the saving power of Jesus? Haven't we experienced the hope, the life-giving hope in our lives? We are witnesses of these things. Not just the eyewitnesses, but you and I are also witnesses. Hallelujah. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Read with me in verse 49. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in this city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do the things that Jesus did without the power of the Holy Spirit. And they continued to stay in the city. And they were praising God in Jerusalem at the temple. They stayed continually at the temple praising God. And then one day as they were in the upper room, you know what happened. The power of the Holy Spirit came upon every one of them and filled them and they began to speak in tongues, different languages as the Holy Spirit enabled them. And they went out immediately and began to witness about Jesus right there. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, what happens after Easter is powerful. It matters to you and I. It is not just some history there. It is not just record of sequence of events. But it is something that is very personal for you and for me. It is something very much for us collectively as a church together. That we are called to fulfill. And there comes the establishing of the church. Immediately after the Holy Spirit came. And the gospel was proclaimed. And they were all who saved were gathered together. And they met together from house to house and in the temple courts. Praising God. And they were breaking bread. And they were teaching. Devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. And signs and wonders were performed by the apostles. And you see the church ushered in. The church launched out. The church of Jesus. Which he said in Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And here we are as church together. Because Jesus said I will build my church. It's because the great commission was fulfilled. By many people down through the ages. Because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And they were willing and they were obedient to fulfill the great commission. That's why Thomas came here. Two thousand years ago. That's why the missionaries from you know many nations came here because they were there to fulfill the great commission. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit and they obeyed. Unite and this morning can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord. If you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, ask the Lord, Lord, fill me with your power, fill me with your spirit. But I will have the courage, the boldness to be a strong witness for you. That's why the Holy Spirit was given to them. The third person of the Trinity who empowered them. Not just enabled them to learn the teaching. Not just for them to understand the scriptures. But also came down to empower them to do the things that Jesus did. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Acts 1.8 You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In your own locality, in your neighborhood, in your in your pin code, in your city, in your state, in your nation, and even up to the ends of the world. Wherever God may take you, He will make you as a powerful witness if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! What you cannot accomplish in your natural self, you will be able to accomplish through the power of the Holy Spirit. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will cast out demons in his name and they will flee. Even if they give anything deadly poison to you, it will not hurt you at all. You will receive revelations from the Holy Spirit to do the work. That Jesus has called you to do. He will fill you with the gifts of the Spirit to prophesy, to heal the sick, to receive word of knowledge, to receive a word of wisdom, to do signs and wonders and miracles. The Lord will empower you. Ask the Lord this morning. Lord, empower me and send me. Here I am, Lord. But don't just pray, send me and stay back at home. You also need to go. Look for the field. Lord, where is the field that you have for me? Who are the people you want me to reach? You, who are the people who you want me to touch? Where well, it's not just about praying for needs. It's about going and giving the gospel, baptizing and teaching them to observe everything that Jesus has commanded. Hallelujah. This completes the great commission. And that's what the disciples continue to do even after Jesus ascended back into heaven which you and I have been called to do as well. Amen? And for which Jesus said towards the end of Matthew 28, the last verse which we so fondly claim and pray with and use very often, but know the reason and the context in which he said was for those who would go and baptize and disciple and who will teach To observe everything that he has commanded. To them he said, I will be with you even to the end of the age. (laughs) But that is an assurance that has been given. He is not sending you alone. He will come with you. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus was there with the disciples and he was confirming the word with signs and wonders. He was working with them. Confirming the word with signs and wonders. Brother, sister, you don't have to worry. He will back you up. Whatever you say about him. Hallelujah. He will back you up. He will honor your word. When you speak his word. When you say Jesus heals, he will heal. Because his reputation is going to be at stake. And so for the honor of his name, for the glory of his name, and for the sake of the one who has to know him, he will do his powerful work. But he wants to do it through you. Are you willing? Are you willing? He paid the price for you. Are you willing to do his work? He gave his own life for you. Are you willing to do something for him? You have one life. And this one life will soon be passed. But what you do for Christ will last. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give glory and honor and thanks to the Lord this morning. Because the Lord has opened up the scriptures to us this morning. Enlightened us, I believe, in a new way for us to understand where we are, who we are, and what is our task. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Give your life in his hands and say, yes, Lord. I'm willing to go all the way. I'm not going to give excuses. Hallelujah. Don't put your hand in the plow and turn back. Don't put your hand into the plow and turn back. You put your hand into the plow. This is not a time to turn back. This is a time to follow Jesus all the way. But he's willing to walk you through everything. Would you walk with him? The Holy Spirit will walk you through the scriptures. The Holy Spirit empowers you to fulfill his commission. He will walk you through. He will empower you. He will be with you. You may not see him with your naked eyes. But you will see his mighty power at work. You will see things happening. You will see supernatural things happening. You will see God using you mightily. You will see God touching lives. God transforming lives. You will see God blessing people. You will see God transforming and delivering people from bondages. You will see God healing people. Oh, I can feel the power of the Holy Spirit in this place being poured out. Hallelujah. Fill everyone in Jesus' name. Fill everyone. Ask the Lord right now. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Hallelujah. Not just for the sake of speaking in tongues, but to do the things that you do. You did, Lord. Do the things that the apostles did. To do the things that we see in the Lord's scriptures. Hallelujah praise the Lord the times of the scriptures are not over yet hallelujah praise the Lord hallelujah Jesus don't live a fruitless life don't waste your life brother sister don't waste your days brother sister don't waste your time don't waste the energy that you have. Don't waste the good, the health and strength that God has given to you. Don't waste the good resources that God has given to you. Don't waste the knowledge and the understanding that God has given to you. Don't waste the experiences God has given to you. Don't waste it all. The devil wants to waste it. But don't allow it to go wasted. Hallelujah. Oh, let the wasted years be gone. But tell the Lord this morning, Lord, from this day onwards, let not my life be wasted anymore let not my time be wasted anymore in the the material things of this world in the the the, the temporal things the things that lord will lord rust and go away will fade away one day hallelujah whatever be your problem don't worry about the problem you live for the lord you serve the lord you rise above all of those things you say i want to serve the lord i want to live for the lord hallelujah and see you you will see how your life changes forever hallelujah don't look at your needs don't look at your problems don't look at those things that you're struggling with those things God will take care you do his will hallelujah God will take care of your needs hallelujah praise the Lord hallelujah would you say yes Lord amen here I am Lord Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning. Hallelujah, the Holy Spirit is bringing a, a new conviction. The Holy Spirit is stirring your heart. The Holy Spirit will work, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will not remain silent. Oh, the Holy Spirit will not remain quiet. He will continue to nudge you. He will continue to whisper in your heart. He will continue to speak to you. He will continue to call you. He will continue to go, oh, hallelujah, stir in your heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is not my word. This is a word of the living God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is what God wants you to do. This is for your life. This is for your family. This is for us as a church together. We are his, hallelujah. We belong to him. We don't belong to ourselves. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brother, sister, may you... Come continue, hallelujah, to rise up in the name of Jesus in a new way. For after Easter, there is something glorious, hallelujah, there's something glorious in store for you. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. May you have the joy. May you have the unending joy. Oh, hallelujah. The unspeakable joy of living for Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, may you have the unspeakable joy of leading people to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.